Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter number 20 this morning. Acts chapter number 20. And as uh, you know, we've been in the book of Acts this year from the beginning of the year through now. And as we've been thinking of our theme of Action 18 and moving forward, and we look this morning in Acts chapter number 20. It is a little warm this morning, and so, uh, but if you'll give me your attention. Hey, we know this, that the air conditioning in the new facility works great. Uh, there are foyers, uh, there are restrooms and nurseries inside the building, and so uh, no more running across the field uh, to use the restroom. And so um, uh, we've had to have the ushers check all the potholes in case somebody has fallen in while they run to the restroom. But uh, those days are soon to be behind us, and uh, uh, it's been wonderful days, but I'm looking forward to what God has for us. Great days ahead for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Acts chapter number 20, uh, of course, the last several uh, uh, weeks for certain, as we've been progressing through the book of Acts, we have uh, dealt much with the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And what an outstanding man of God the Apostle Paul was, what a greatly used man of God uh, the Apostle Paul was. And uh, we, we kind of skip ahead a little bit to Acts chapter 20 to the uh, portion of Scripture that the Lord has brought me to for this morning. And we're going to look at verse number 17. We're getting quickly through uh, Paul's ministry, and as he has uh, been used of God to start churches, encourage churches, uh, he is going to uh, begin uh, getting closer and closer uh, to the goal in his ministry. But we find in verse number 17 of Acts chapter 20, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Uh, This morning, I want to use these four verses as our text verse this morning. I want to bring a very practical, but I believe it will be a very helpful message to us this morning. This morning, I want to preach a message entitled, Ministry Methods of Paul That Every Christian Can Model. You need me to say that again? Ministry methods of Paul that every Christian can model. This morning, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that uh, you'll help us this morning as we open your word. Uh, We come to the word of God this morning, a needy people. We need the word of God. We need the Holy Spirit of God to teach us, instruct us this morning. Uh, We come expectingly this morning. Father, I've never opened this book looking for something for you where I have not found it. Sometimes I've known what I was looking for, and sometimes I did not know what I was looking for, but yet the Word of God uh, speaks to us, ministers to us, challenges, convicts us, helps us. Father, I pray it will be so this morning. Father, I pray again, if there's someone here unsaved, they'll get that settled this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we have looked at the ministry of the Apostle Paul, much of it, uh, what an outstanding man. There are, there are two, two great things that I uh, think of when I think of the Apostle Paul and his ministry. Uh, first of all, what a great God. What a big God. What a mighty God 
to take a, 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 a murderer of Christians, to take a persecutor of, of, of those that followed Christ and to save him, redeem him, and not only save him from a hell, not only save him from his sins, but set him on a course to do wonderful things in service for him. Only God can do that. And friend, it doesn't matter what your past is, God can change your future. It doesn't matter what you've done, only a God can take the most vile sinner and, and save him and, and give him a place at home in heaven, but yet use him in his work. I think of what a great God, but I think of what a great ministry, what a unique man that God used. You think of Paul the missionary, Paul the church planner. Paul the Apostle, having seen the Lord Jesus on that road to Damascus and his conversion, and through the power of God, the miracles that were done at the hand of the Apostle Paul. As a preacher of the gospel, you look at a man like the Apostle Paul, and, and just when you think you're really getting something going for the Lord, you read of a ministry of a man like the Apostle Paul, it's like, well, I'm not quite there yet. But you look at his ministry and you look at the things that he has done and perhaps you might look at somebody like the Apostle Paul, a, a, this wonderful New Testament Bible character, and say, there is no way that I could ever do what he did. And friend, let me just remind all of us, God does not expect you to do what the Apostle Paul did. God does not expect me to do what the Apostle Paul did. God just expects you to do what you can do. And if you do what God has set in front of you to do, uh, you can say, as Paul wrote, uh, I, I have finished my course, I have, kept the, I have fought the fight, I have kept the faith, and one day I want the Lord Jesus Christ to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You just got to do what you do. But I look and you look at this and you see the standard that's been set and perhaps you would say, well, I could, I could never have the faith that the Apostle Paul had and, and I could never stand in that great city of Athens and I can stand in front of that temple, those false gods, and, and reason with them and preach with boldness and to be able to reason as he could reason. Paul was an educated man. Paul was a brilliant man. Paul was a man who could reason with the scholars. He was a man who could speak the different languages. He was an educated man. Friend, you and I, we may look at our situation and say, I'm glad I got through seventh grade. I'm not a scholar. I, can, I, I couldn't reason and argue. I could never do what Paul did in that regard. I believe Paul to be a very talented man. We know, we saw uh, in just recent days, we saw that he was a tent maker as well as a preacher. Uh, we know, I believe he was a very talented man, a very knowledgeable man. I don't know if we were to compare all of the things that, and we know he wasn't a perfect man, but we were to compare all of the things that Paul did. Maybe this morning uh, you look at the Apostle Paul, or perhaps you look at others, or perhaps people you go to church with and say, I can never do what somebody else has done. Friend, this morning I want to draw your attention to some things about the Apostle Paul that I believe are what made the Apostle Paul great. It's some characteristics that we can find in this passage that anybody can model after. Anyone can copy. Anyone can incorporate into their life. Education may not be your thing this morning. 
You may not be able to sit and study and, and become a, a quote-unquote Bible scholar, if you will, and reason in the Scriptures and, and, and quote the New Testament in the language of Greek and quote the Old Testament in Hebrew. But friend, I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't have to do that to be able to serve God. You don't have to do that to be able to be used greatly of God. But there are some things in the life of the Apostle Paul that you and I can copy that God will allow us to be used in a great way. I don't know about you, but I want God to use me. I want the blessings of God on my life, on my family, but I want God to use me to His honor and glory, use me in His service. It's an honor, it's a privilege to know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords not only saved me and is my personal Savior, but He would use me. Wait, let's be honest this morning before we get into the outline. I mean, you're a pretty good-looking crowd. Now, we have to average it out, of course, but you're a, you're a pretty good-looking crowd this morning. I mean, I mean, you got your Christian smile on this morning, and you, and you came into church ready to go, and you, and you cleaned up a little bit, a few of you, and you're in here, and you're like, we're ready to worship the Lord. We, you got your Sunday best on. Here you are in the house, God, but let's be honest. You and I know what we really are. And not only would God save us, but He would allow us to speak His name. He'd allow us to sing praises unto Him. He'd allow us to serve Him. Friend, here's some things in this passage I want to speak to you about this morning that I believe the Lord would have be true of every one of His children of every child of God. And sometimes we look at those that God is using in a great way and say, because I don't think God could ever use me in that way, He cannot use me. I don't think that, that because there's some things that, I, that, that, that mistakes I may have made, He could never do for me. <clears throat> so therefore, I don't have a whole lot to offer this morning. Let's see what the Scripture says. Paul has gathered those pastors in Ephesus. In we find in the previous verses that he sails into port there and he has sent out word that he is going to be there and he wants to speak to them one last time and he wants to gather them together. And he begins to talk to them in verse number 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Because you know the way that I've tried to minister. You know... My character, I spoke about this last Wednesday night as he writes in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. He says to Timothy, I've lived that fully known life. You have fully known my manner of living. You've fully known everything about me. He refers to it once again here. He says, you know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I've been with you at all seasons. Then he begins to follow up and clarify what he's speaking about. He first of all says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Can I say to all of us this morning, the first characteristic I see here of the Apostle Paul that he reminds them of, and bear in mind, he's going to remind them of some things, and he doesn't start out reminding them of the miracles that have been done by his hand. He doesn't remind them of, of the great uh, conversions of, of pagans to believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and those that have put down their false idols and begin to go and, and, and worship after the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not referring to that. Notice what he says. He says, you've known how I am. I've been with you at all seasons. And he says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. 
The first thing I'll mention to us this morning that you and I can copy after is Paul was a humble servant. Paul was a brilliant man. When he walked into a room, he was the most intelligent person in the room. He was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a touch of God on him like very few have ever had. But yet, he says, when I was with you, you know and you saw that I served the Lord with all humility of mine. Paul was a humble servant. Did you realize that it does not take any talent for you and I to be a humble servant of God? It doesn't take any ability for you and I to be a humble servant of God. See, first of all, we got to get in the idea. We say we want to serve the Lord. In order to serve the Lord, you've got to serve. You've got to be active. You've got to be doing something to serve the Lord. And, and I remind you, there's all different aspects of serving the Lord. And, and sometimes we look at it, well, well, the pastor's serving the Lord. He's standing up there preaching. And Brother Stanley, he's serving the Lord. He's leading the singing in, in the orchestra. They're serving the Lord. They're playing their instruments. The choir serving the Lord. The spe- I, there's nothing. Friend, the Bible reminds us that, that if you give a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord Jesus, you're serving the Lord. Nursery workers this morning are serving the Lord. Ushers this morning are serving the Lord. You can serve the Lord throughout the week and being a witness and to being kind and, and having the light of Christ. There is much that we all can do to serve the Lord. But he says, I serve the Lord with all humility of mind. That we, it would do us all good to evaluate our service for the Lord and whether it is in all humility of mind. I mean, Sunday school teacher, we're going to have Sunday school in just a few moments. Are you serving the Lord for you? Are you serving the Lord for Him? Do we sing for us? Do we sing for Him? Do we serve for us? Do we serve for Him? You and I must maintain that humble spirit of, of, I'm not worthy to speak His name, but yet I can preach His Word. I can teach His Word. I can sing praises unto Him. I can be a help to my fellow man. It is humility of mine. See, Paul never lost his sense of insignificance. See, sometimes Christians, we forget our sense of insignificance. Got to be careful. Don't ever think that we get to the place that the work of God will stop without us. That we hold God hostage based on what we are willing or unwilling to do for Him. Praying God doesn't have to have us. We get to serve God, and Paul never lost sense of his insignificance. And every day he got up to go serve the Lord and said, I can't believe that God would use me. I can't believe that God would allow me to serve Him. See, Paul never forgot he was a murderer. Paul never forgot he was vile. 
Paul never forgot that he was unworthy to do what he was doing. And it's time for you and I to be reminded this morning uh, that, that we're not worthy to do what we do for God. We get to serve God. And don't ever get this sense of pride and this sense of, uh, of, 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 of that I, I deserve to serve the Lord. No, friend, remember, we're not worthy, but yet... In His goodness, in His graciousness, in His love for us, He allows us to serve Him. Maybe it'd be good for you to remember just for a moment what God saved you out of and what God saved you from. And might not get that haughty spirit in your heart of, I, get, I need to serve the Lord or I deserve to serve the Lord. Paul never got over how insignificant he really was. He never lost his sense of weakness either. Paul knew that without God, he could not serve God. He knew he had to have his power. He knew he had to have his, the, the spirit. He knew he had to have the help of God. I wonder how many Christians have forgotten that they actually have to have God to do the work of God. They have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many parents have are attempting to rear their children in their own power today, in their own wisdom. Friend, I can tell you, as, as, as a parent of three children, uh, there, there are things that I've looked at and I said, I don't have a clue how to do, deal with this. I don't, and, I, and my three children are girls too, so I really have no idea uh, what to do with this and how to do with it. And why is everybody always crying in my house? I have no idea what is going on. Lord, help me, I promise you. It's not my wisdom... It's the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Sometimes it says, just keep your mouth shut. Go in the other room. And that is what gets me. You have to have the Holy Spirit of God. You have, he never forgot his, goes right along with the sense of insignificance, but the sense of unworthiness. We should never get to the place where we forget that we're just a sinner saved by grace. Sinner saved by the grace of God. See, if you if you reminded of that, you'll not get too full of yourself. You'll not get the big head in what you've done for God. Well, let me ask you a question this morning before we move on in the outline. Will you only serve in a position that gives you the most honor? I'll serve. But in this capacity, Pastor. See, that's not what the Apostle Paul did, and that's not what he would do. Because Paul never woke up and said, Good for you, God. You got me today to serve you. No, he never got over where he came from. He never got over how big God is. And friend, when you forget how big and great God is, uh, you, you, you begin to, to have a higher estimation of yourself than you really should. But when you are reminded of how holy and how, how, how big and how great God is, you're reminded of how unworthy and how insignificant you are. It's not a, well, if he'll allow me to serve in this capacity, then I'll serve him. Friend, uh, to, to be able to be a door holder in the house of God is a great thing, is a wonderful thing. And if you'll only serve when you get a pat on the back, and if you'll only serve when it gives you honor, friend, we don't serve God to, 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 for any other reason but to bring honor and glory to His name. And we ought to be willing to serve Him 
in the lowest capacity. I wonder, we know that Paul was a tent maker. I wonder how many nights long after it was dark and everybody else had gone their way, it was the man of God who was repairing the tent. That's the kind of man that Paul was. Because he never lost track of who he was. Well, I think that we could model this. We may not be able to model some of the other things that Paul did and accomplished. We may not be able to do some of the other works that he did. But I pray you and I could be a humble servant. You and I could just serve the Lord and be happy and content that we are. Number two, notice with me, he says, after serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears, we find that Paul was compassionate. I tell you, this is what's missing in the lives of so many Christians. There's no tears. I believe Paul shed tears of sorrow and tears of burden. This was a man, he says to these pastors who've gathered together, who he's ministered with, who knew him, he says, you've seen, you've seen me. I've served the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears. But you thinking of the times when Paul would preach in, those, in the shadow of those pagan temples and Paul would reason with those Jews of a risen Savior and you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we know that multitudes turned to Christ but we also know that there were multitudes that rejected Christ. I was to contend with you tonight that Paul is referring to times that many tears he shed because he knew that a rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ would send them to an eternal hell for all of eternity. And that broke his heart. And he was, he, he was compassionate about it. And friend, it'll do, you'll be a better soul winner if you have some compassion in your heart. Uh, you'll be a better member of the choir if you've got some compassion in your heart. You'll be a better Sunday school teacher if you've got compassion in your heart. You'll be a better mother. You'll be a better father. You'll be a better Christian. And what is missing is compassion. He said, with many tears... Does it, does it bother you, Christian? The direction the, our nation is going. We like to shake a fist of condemnation at all that is wrong in our nation and all that is wrong in our, in our, in our neighborhoods and all that is wrong in our communities. But how many tears have you shed over lost souls? How many tears have you shed over the prodigal? How many tears have you shed over people? I, I, I just tell you this morning, I, I can't do a lot of what the Apostle Paul did. I can't do the, some of those miracles that God did by His hand. But I tell you what I can do. I can weep over lost people. I can weep over the wayward one. I can't weep over the, the Christians struggling with their burden and struggling with their broken heart. I, I, I can sympathize as, as Romans chapter number 12 tells us to bear, as we, in Galatians we're told to bear one another's burdens, but in, in Romans we're, we're told to laugh with those that laugh, but weep with those that weep. It doesn't take any talent to do that. It doesn't take any ability to have a compassionate heart. And you and I, we can model that. 
But see, you've got to get outside of yourself to notice the needs of somebody else. You ought to live your days, how can I help somebody else, as opposed to how can people help me. I believe you ought to come to church. What can I do for my church? Not what can my church do for me. Now friend, if you just show up here week after week, you'll be helped by being in this place. It'll, it'll edify you. It'll grow you. It'll encourage you. It'll challenge you. You'll be helped if you just show up. But, but, but in, in your darkest hours, there'll be somebody praying for you. There'll be somebody encouraging you. There'll be somebody checking up on you. But friend, that's the responsibility on every single one of us is to come to the house of God to be a help to a fellow Christian, to be an encouragement to a fellow Christian. And when somebody else is hurting, we ought to hurt. When somebody else is weeping, we ought to weep. We ought to have some compassion. Doesn't take any talent for that. It doesn't take a special call from God to care. It doesn't take a special word outside of Scripture to care. Well, we find that the Apostle Paul, he was compassionate as well. The third thing I want us to see this morning, as he writes, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears, and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. This word temptations is not as it is referred to in other places of Scripture where uh, we are tempted to sin. This temptation is signifying trials. He specifically mentions which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews and how many times was he, uh, they, did they attempt to entrap him and and, 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 and imprison him and silence him and these trials. And we see thirdly this morning, that third thing that you and I can model after is, is perseverance. See, Paul wasn't a quitter. Paul continued in the work. Paul didn't quit on God. And friend, we've seen through these Sundays as we have looked at the life of the Apostle Paul through the book of Acts, oh, he had wonderful, wonderful times in ministry, but there was difficulties, and there certainly were trials, and there certainly were imprisonments and beatings and stonings and, and rejection, and, 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 and even by those that would forsake him, there were trials, and don't you know if he was man and he was flesh just like you and I, which he was, there was questions that would go through his mind, there was doubts that would go through his mind, is it worth it all, is this should I continue, but Paul continued on in the midst of his difficulties, in the midst of his burdens, in the midst of his shortcomings, in the midst of those that would try and oppose him, Paul continued on even if it meant in difficult situations, even if it meant while he was in pain and discomfort, even if it meant when he was even discouraged, he was going to continue, he was not going to quit, he, he continued to persevere. And friend, that's what you and I need to have in our life. We may not understand why God allows everything for us that we go through. We may not understand why God allows us to go through it, but we ought to keep going anyway. We may, we may not have wished that we had this burden to carry. We may we gladly not have this, this broken heart that we live with, but we can go on anyway. 
We may not have ever anticipated this trial that came into our life. And there may be days when we say, I don't think I could ever get through it. I don't think I can finish it. I think I'm done. After today, I've got no more left in me. And we can get up a new day and say, well, I'll just go one more day. And before you know it, that one day will turn into a week. That week will turn into a month. That month will turn into a year. We can just persevere and keep going and keep going and keep going. Friend, you may never stand in the shadow of those temples in Athens and preach the gospel. But let me tell you what you can do. You can get up just like the Apostle Paul got up. You can keep going just like the Apostle Paul kept going. You can keep telling people whether they listen or they don't listen. You can just persevere. Friend, don't quit on God. God's never quit on you. You've never gotten up one day in your life and God has not been sitting on His throne in complete control, completely aware of what you're going through. And all of us, I think if we've lived longer than a day and a half, which I think that kind of qualifies everybody in here. We can look back in our life and say, I don't know how I got through that. But you got through it because you just persevered. You just continued. Paul did not talk of his miracles. Paul was not like the average preacher today with a Twitter account. I want to remind you of everything that I've done. Paul was gathered those pastors of Ephesus together, his co-laborers, those he invested with, those he invested in. He says, you've known, you've known me. He doesn't mention any accomplishments. But he does mention, I just kept going in my trials. I persevered in my trials. You know, mom and dad, your kids are going to grow up. One day they may never, ever remember the words of advice you gave them. They may never remember that lecture. They may never remember those, 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 all that, that wisdom that you bestowed on them. But I'll tell you what they will remember. They'll remember whether you kept going or whether you quit. Oh, as a, as a pastor, as your pastor this morning, you may never remember a message I preach. I find that hard to believe, but you may never remember a message I preach. But I hope that you'll be able to say, well, I know, pastor, he just kept on going. He persevered. Friend, you know what this world needs to see? You know what your coworkers need to see? You know what your lost loved ones need to see? The people you need to see, to see you in public is, is that, that you are a Christian today, just like you were yesterday and tomorrow. You have a trial, that shouldn't change anything. God is still God. You have a difficulty, that shouldn't change anything. They just need to see the Christians persevere through difficulty, persevere through trial, persevere through heartache. And Paul said, I just want to remind you that as I've been with you, I had those temptations which befell me, lying in wait of the Jews. I don't know what your need is this morning. If you've got a trial, don't quit. Just keep going. If you've got a difficulty, you've got a heartache, you've got a thorn in the flesh, if you will, just keep going. Just persevere. 
Just, just keep going for God. Anybody can do that. God doesn't ask you to do what the Apostle Paul did. God does not expect you to do the miracles that he brought as his hand. But he does say that you can persevere just like Paul persevered. Fourthly and finally this morning, we have read in verse number 19, we get into verse number 20, if you haven't figured it out yet, Acts 2020 is where we get the name of our Acts 2020 club. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. But I want to draw your attention to that first phrase in verse number 20, and how I kept back nothing. When we see that the Apostle Paul was a humble servant, we see that he was compassionate. We see that he persevered, but he reminds them, I have kept back nothing from you. Then he goes in for the next few verses and talks about uh, his preaching and publicly from, from house to house. But I want to draw your attention to how I kept back nothing. And I want to remind you that Paul gave all of himself. See, we've got too many Christians that give part of themselves to the work of God. Paul said, I've given... All of me. I've given everything I have. Friend, it doesn't take any talent to give everything you got to God. I mean, I would think, and it would be a reasonable expectation for a church to want their pastor to be 100% invested in the work of God. From that response, I could pull back a little bit there. No, I think that's a reasonable expectation. But is it unreasonable for a pastor to believe that his people ought to be 100% invested in the things of God? Because I don't think God thinks you ought to give any less of you than I ought to give of me. We all ought to be giving all of us to God. And Paul said, I may not have had the ability some others have had. I may not have the opportunity others have had. But I gave you all of me. Paul knew he was an imperfect man. Paul knew what God saved him from. But Paul did not hold back. I wonder how many Christians are going to get to the end of their life and say, I wish I'd given more to God. I don't believe you'll ever have one say, I wish I could give less to God. But I, I just, I just wonder, are we going to get to the end of our life and say, I wish I'd gone to church less? No, I believe it's going to be, I wish I'd gone more. I wish I'd done more. The illustration I'll use for this is, we know that Paul flew into, or not flew into, he's <laughs> sailed into, very quickly, uh, sailed into Ephesus. And uh, those ships that, he was, going to, he was spending a lot of time on was, you know, the old, not the boats that we have today, the ships we have today, they have, in this day, of course, they had the, the mast and the sails, and they depended on those sails and the, the wind to get them to port to port. Every ship that had sails on their ship had the potential to get where it needed to go. But as long as the sails were not pulled forth in, I don't know the official nautical terms, but 
pulled out where the wind could catch them in their entirety, they could not get to where they needed to go. And why in the world would a ship get on the sea and not put forth its sail so the wind could catch it and the wind could take it to, to where it needed to go? And I believe that's how Paul is saying it. He's saying, I'm like a ship with its sails fully extended. All I did was open my sails so the wind could catch me and do all of the work. And friend, I think that's what a lot of Christians do. They said, well, if God could do something through me, then I would do it. And all God wants you to do is just open your sails and let the Holy Spirit of God catch your life and do something with you. Paul is saying, I'm just a vessel. I'm just an instrument, but I've made myself available to God. I've made myself available for Him to use me. And Christian, you might be surprised if you just made yourself available to God what He would use you to do. What he, how he would have you encourage somebody else. Or, or maybe he could use you to be the human instrument to keep somebody out of hell. Who knows uh, what God will use you for, but you're never going to know if you just, unless you open up those cells of your life and say, God, I give you all of me. I present every bit of me to you and allow the wind of the Holy Spirit of God to catch your life and to use you. Paul said, whatever I have, I give you. I give you, I've given you all of me. I've held back nothing. I wonder, and God has blessed this church and is blessing this church. But I wonder what this church could do for the glory of God if every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church Say, God, you've got all of me. See, that is a call. That is an expectation that is on every child of God. For you to give God all of you. See, your co-workers might be impressed. Your family members might be impressed. You might be impressed. You might even impress some people at church when you say, well, I, this, is, this is what I do for God. But when you do this for God, and you've yet to offer everything you have to God, I don't think God's real impressed with that. And friend, you and I, part of the purpose of this message this morning is to remind you and I, it's not our responsibility to impress one another. But our eyes and our focus ought to be on God Himself. Have I given everything? There's much about the Apostle Paul and there's more to learn about him in the weeks to come. But you look at the Apostle Paul and you say, what a great God. What a big God. But you can't help but look at the Apostle Paul and even in all his humanity, even in his shortcomings, to look at this man and say, wow. Wow. No man will ever be used in the way that he was used. But can I challenge you, but also encourage you this morning? God has never expected any Christian to do what the Apostle Paul has done. But he does expect you and I to do what we can do. 
I find it very interesting. Paul begins to reminisce with these pastors. It's not his accomplishments that God... I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about what God has done. Paul shows a side of him that I believe made him a great Christian. He never lost the fact that he was just a humble servant. It wasn't about him, it was about God. Christian, I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know your trial. I don't know your circumstances. May you come into the you might come into the church this morning and, and you got what people would call as a lot of baggage. But I've got a savior that specializes in baggage. Boy, he is he has paid your sin debt. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you believe on Him this morning. Believe on Him for your salvation, your forgiveness of sins. And then when you start talking to God about your baggage, He says, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is you've been saved. You've been forgiven. Uh, you, you, you are my child. You have the, the, the record of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have been saved this morning, quit using what happened in the past as an excuse. Quit using your faults as an excuse, your failures as an excuse, and just make yourself available to God. And why don't you see what God could do with you? And maybe, maybe the Lord's been dealing with your heart. And we've been talking about all these different ministries we want to do and all these things that, that God is putting in front of us. And maybe He's spoken to your heart about something specific, some specific ministry to get involved in or whatever it may be. And you keep telling God, I don't know if I could ever do that. And I just don't think that I could do that. Why don't you this morning just decide that you're going to open up the sails of your life and say, I'm going to give you everything I got, God, and it'll be up to you to provide the wind to get me to where I need to go. And why don't we just model some things that I believe made Paul great? I think we can. Father.